Good morning and welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, here today with Grace Warren from Better Homes and... Oh, oh no. wait, wait. Howard Hanna, <laughs> Rand Realty. I still... It's, I know it rolls off the tongue it. after a decade. You know, it's it's a hard habit it's to break. It's really hard to break. Uh, Howard Hanna Rand Realty. That's right. That's right. Right here in Warwick, licensed. Uh, I'm licensed in New York and New Jersey, so uh, we cover the whole area. Yeah. Um, a couple thoughts uh, on everyone. We are a call in or text in show. Um, Grace, do you know the phone number? I absolutely do. It's 845-651-1110. Excellent. And the text number is 845-328-0886. So if you have any questions or um, real estate stories you'd like to share, feel free to call or text us. We would be happy to um, chat you up on the on the show today. Yes. Um, anyway, today we have a really fun topic. Um, we are going to talk about Um, older homes today, right? Uh, Historic homes, uh, homes that are, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100, 200, 300 years old, right? It's Mm -hmm. amazing that we have homes that old here um, in our area. It is. You know, we're part of the original 13 colonies and and people have lived here. And when you live in an area that has, um, you know, a lot of history, especially colonial history, Mm -hmm. um, revolutionary history, all of that stuff, um, you end up with some older homes, um, and being professionals that we are, we, we all sell them. have experience selling them, and um, <laughs> you know, working through inspections with our clients and trying to help them know what they need to know. So we thought that would be a fun thing to share today. Right. We um, we often try to figure out what other what people want to hear about, and I thought that this would be a perfect topic. So, um, full disclosure, I used to own a home built in the 1840s. I had a home that was built in the 1860s. See? Um, And for 10 years, as I was doing the doing the research on uh, the show today, I was laughing because almost everything that they (laughs) they talk about (laughs) is completely true. And I had all of it happen. So, um, you know, Grace yesterday sent me a uh, sent me a text and said, uh, she's like, look, I found this home. It's for sale down in New Jersey, and it's over 400 years old. Yeah, and often, you know, when you think of the, the United States, the, the homes are not that old. I mean, no. some of them are, obviously, but there's not a lot left that are that old. Correct. You I know, think nat- like, yeah, nationwide, yeah. I read a stat that the average home across America is only 34 years old. Yeah, well, that just proves how much has been built in the past 34 years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... So yeah, it's interesting. Like you go to Europe, and uh, whoever has had the opportunity yeah. to go there, and everything looks so old and ancient, it's, and uh, it's a whole different thing. And here we don't have that, but there are certain towns that you cities that you can go into, and you mm-hmm. see some of those old ancient properties. Correct. Um, not ancient, but right. you know, colonial era like Boston or Philadelphia. Yeah. No, uh, it's it's interesting to for perspective wise when we think of older cities in America versus mm-hmm. older cities, say in Europe, mm-hmm. um, right? I know that I was in England and saw like thatched roof homes still sitting there with thatched roofs, and I was just astounded. Yeah, you're like, how does that not leak? Right? Or I was like walking at Oxford, and like the thought that the stone that I'm stepping on is older than our country by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years even. In in Italy, the cobblestones on the Mm -hmm. streets, you know, they have streets that look like steps. Right. And they're cars that go up and down these steps. Right, or you're walking around ancient Rome, right? Mm -hmm. And you know you're on on a street that was... Like, hello, Coliseum. I mean, I don't even know what years that happened, but. Right, well. <laughs> it's so far, it's so long ago, I can't even put it in terms of modern history. Well, so the same with, uh, when I was in Sicily, we went to a, um, a city called Agrigento, mm-hmm. and there is a uh, Greek um temple mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. and it is it's incredible and there's yeah. little tombs in there and you can just walk around and you just think to yourself it, it overlooks the sea and you're thinking to yourself like these people were here and they could overlook they they were there looking at the sea looking at the ships coming in they would know who was coming it, it's just amazing it's yeah. so so amazing we don't necessarily have that here no, however we, we do have some really old things and 
we'll get to talking about that. But how, how was your week, Christine? My week was pretty good. Uh, I think that, you know, my personal big news is I got a new car. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the, our, the running joke is that my, my last car I had since um, I was pregnant with my son, who's an eighth grader, right? So 13 and a half years I've been driving a car. Um, and I don't think people really understand how many miles we put on our cars. Well, tell them how many miles you put on that car. I mean, so, that is a plug for Honda, let me tell you. For sure. I had 339,000 <laughs> miles on my car um, you, you when, know, it, when you it finally died. Uh, did you ever, like, contact Honda and say, can I be in, like, the 300-mile club or something? I know Volvo does that. Uh, I don't know that they have that. But <laughs> Volvo I certainly... definitely does that because my neighbor had a car. That had like over 200,000 miles and he was in that 200,000 mile. Yeah. Car. I mean, that's a feat in itself, right? Correct. I, you know, and I, now 300, I, I, I'm, I'm astounded. I probably would have had the car fixed. Um, but, you know, you reach a point where you're like, how much money can I put into this car? And I, I had a threshold. If I could fix it for under $1,000, I would. And I've been doing that for two years. Right. Um, 600 here, 400 here, 200 there. But if you think about car payments these days and stuff like that, you're like, you're, you know, you're like, OK, it's still worth it. The car still drives great. Mm -hmm. um, so I finally had a scenario where I was well over my one thousand dollar limit. What and was I, actually wrong with the car? Uh, the the serpentine belt. Oh. Uh, there was a pump. There was like a number of things that all the just water went. pump. I, I don't think it was. I don't know. You know what? No idea. Who cares? What I know is this: <laughs> um, I pulled into the orthodontist for my daughter's appointment, and we did not pull out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Game over. So. Uh, I just had my my car fixed as well, and it cost me over. Well, I'm not even going to say it was a lot of money. <laughs> it was in the thousands. So. But it was it. You know, I I'm planning on keeping this car for a little bit longer. It's not that old. It's 2012. No. I have 125,000 miles on right. it. So, um, anyway, that's. I'm glad that you got a new car. I know mm -hmm. you've been looking at this particular car for a long time. I have thinking and, about it, and uh, you know. From the very from the time I bought my house, I knew that um, one of my goals was to reduce my personal carbon um, footprint, and so I bought a house with good solar orientation. And then a few years later, I put solar panels on the car or on the house, and then I put um, a, a air source heat pump for my heat and got rid of the oil in my home. And so, your lovely husband Joe came last week and installed my uh, electric outlet? my electrical outlet in my garage, and I bought my electric car. So <laughs> I'm so so very happy and excited about it all. <laughs> so uh, th this week in real estate has been a little um, for me. I've been kind of busy, but like winding down with a lot of people that mm -hmm. I have been working with, some yep. new clients on the horizon, but but a lot of winding down, which is a good thing. I have one client that I cannot find a house for, mm -hmm. and it's becoming very very. Um, like a goal of mine now to just get this poor girl a house because she's been looking for, since the pandemic pandemic started. I have two of those. And you know, I've been finding find for everybody, can't. but this girl, I'm having such a hard time. She has a she has a healthy budget for a young woman. Um, you know, very young girl, and and we're looking in like the Newburgh, New Windsor area. And I every time we find a house and put an offer on it, someone's like, and we're always bidding above list, right? And we're not getting the house. Yeah. So I, I don't know what I can do for this poor girl. I'm trying every, we're, you know, we're looking at all kinds of stuff, and it's just really hard right now to get uh, first-time home buyers into a, a decent house. I agree with that completely. I am um, struggling with the same. I have two clients, um, one that I've been taking around since like six months before the pandemic started. Oh, wow. Um, and their expectations, like, you know, sometimes when you're working with first-time home buyers, like, they, they're they're nervous, and so we see a lot of houses because they're like right. they're just trying to get their feet wet and understand the the the, the lay of the land, um, and you know. Before the pandemic, we were in a pretty balanced market, so they mm -hmm. were like deal shopping at the same time. And um, so then, as the pandemic hit, you know, you like everything stopped, and then everything started like crazy. So they were not prepared for the like crazy part, um, yeah. and so they lost a couple houses. Even again, bidding over asking and like feeling like these are crazy numbers. Um, and so we just never found the, the right fit because we put offers in on five or six different places. Mm -hmm. They just got so frustrated. Um, and I feel like for the last three months, they've just kind of backed off the whole the whole event. I, and you don't blame people. No. And it's sort of like, especially um, local people that are around here, you know, that are trying to buy a house. It's a little bit um, it's sort of like, do you tell them to wait? 
Right. I really want to have a house, but. Correct. And then you end up with some fixer uppers that might be older. And mm-hmm. so that is what we're going to talk about when yep. we get back from our break. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.brandrealty.com. Pillar to Post Home Inspectors is your number one choice when buying or selling a home in the Hudson Valley. Pillar to Post Inspectors are experienced, informative, and very knowledgeable. We will examine the structure, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical systems. Our thorough inspection will identify important factors, which may save buku dollars when making a home purchase. For more information or to schedule your home inspection, call the owner, David Wilner, at 845-610-5366. Visit PillarToPost.com backslash David Wilner. Hi, this is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Right now is a great time to buy or sell. Buyers can take advantage of historically low interest rates and sellers can get top dollar for their home in this high demand market. Our agents utilize the most innovative tools and market knowledge to help you achieve your real estate goals. Give us a call at 845-986-4848. At Howard Hanna Rand Realty, home happens here. Hi, this is Dr. Pierre Louis, a clinical psychologist. I will take your calls and I will answer all your personal and business relationship questions, helping you create a life healthy in mind, body, and spirit every Friday at 11 a.m. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your home. from Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, and I am with Christine Koenig, Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. So we have someone on the phone. Hello. Uh, state your name. Morning. Oh, it's Mike. Oh, it's Mike. How are you? Hi, Mike. <laughs> so what's going on? Uh, nothing. Just figured I'd call and say hello. Sorry I couldn't be in there today. It's okay. things to do this morning, but uh, hope to be on next week. What's How are things go- with you guys? It's- they're, they're good. Yeah. I, they're, they're really good. And I, you know, I keep looking at these, uh, these rates and they're still, you know, really low. And uh, tell us about what's going on in, the, in that market there, that mortgage market. It's pretty much status quo. I mean, they've been low for, it seems like a few months now and everything's still going, going, I don't know, gangbusters, I guess you want to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, How it's long so is it taking to get um, to get a clear to close from the time of a contract now? Uh, I, you know, it varies depending on the person, really, mm-hmm. and how much information we get. I'm clearing loans still as a, you know, as Hudson United Bank in 14 and 15 days, but wow. that doesn't mean every transaction's like that, as you guys know. Um, you know, really, the delays are in third party stuff like title. That's taking two to three weeks. So what we're really pushing and those deals that close in those 12 and 13 day numbers, that's from the day I received contract. That doesn't count, you know, the two weeks that they're doing inspections and all that right. stuff. Right, so the right, minute I get the contract, it's basically like, all right, we're off to the races. We can move pretty quickly. And the idea is hopefully their attorney at some point has ordered title in the time that they sat down with contract and signed contracts to the time that the seller signed. So that we don't lose that week or two of just back and forth. You yeah, know? That, that's happening with me right now, um, Mike, with two different um, homes that are should be closing soon. One of them doesn't even have a mortgage. And we're waiting on the, I won't even say what municipality it is, but we are like on our sixth week waiting for a municipal report wow. right now. It was ordered on wow. October 1st. And we still don't have yeah. it back yet, so it's, like a, it's a problem. No urgency either, yeah. Especially <laughs> but, if I mean, something happens more, you know, things get worse with pandemic, uh, you know, when they are closed right. or whatever. Go it's gonna it's yeah. gonna take even longer. But six weeks is a long time to wait on a, a municipal report. Yeah, it, 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 I, it's not the town of Warwick, um, but it is. <laughs> I, I'm just I am a little frustrated to yeah. be honest. I can I can imagine. Have you have you called? I know that sometimes when things I've get... been told I better not call at this point <laughs> <laughs> because I yeah, wouldn't be I've the only one that's called. 
right. In fact, <laughs> when when uh, my client made the offer on the house, I had called this particular municipality, and I, you know, was getting all making sure there were no violations, and there are no violations as of you know before we had the accepted offer. So we're sort of waiting on like I don't know what we're really waiting on because we don't have there's nothing right. Right. No, it's, it's a so- lot of dominoes. I noticed. I mean, I think we're all used to people selling and buying, but right now, there's. I think people that we're not anticipating selling are also selling, so they're having to, you know, sell to buy. So yeah. yeah. A lot of deals are very much dominoes right now. It's not like what we're used to. Oh yeah, they have a place to go. They can live with family, or you know, hold up shop for a couple of weeks somewhere with friends and relatives. It's really we can't close until we sell, and it's it's like that on a lot of transactions right now. Yeah, so well, it's just a waiting game. This particular one that I'm that I am dealing with, like they're living with family right now because they closed on their house last week. Yeah, and they moved out the week before, knowing they were going to close, and they had to put most of their stuff in storage. I, well, a lot of it actually, the um, their their buyer bought a lot of their furniture, so they they didn't have a ton. But still, they're living with family right now. They're older, and they have like little kids around where they're not used to that are. We're going to school, and that's scary with the pandemic, too. So it's like yeah. we really want to get these people into their own house so they're safe. <laughs> but anyway, can't yeah. really we can't really do much about about that, you know? No, I know. And I would say overall, you know, there are a lot of moving pieces. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mike can, can you know, attest to the fact <laughs> that a lot of, you know, a lot of times you're dealing with so many different people not you know especially if you have like a sale and a purchase simultaneously right. and you're trying to coordinate two transactions there could be two different attorneys that you're dealing right. with as I a mean, seller it, buyer you right. know one where you're where you're selling and one where you're buying it, and then there's different realtors most of the time yep different i mean if, if think about how many bank attorneys plus um you know client attorneys and title people and to organize all those people to be in one place at one time is uh it's not easy. No. Um, and, and everyone's busy. And everyone is super busy and the clients are super frustrated. It's uh, it's the hardest part of the transaction transaction right now is just scheduling. Mm-hmm. The finish line. Yep, Correct. Right. Getting to that finish, that finish line. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's where we kind of excel because we're not, you know, as you guys know, we, we are, we do lend our own money essentially and we can broker it, but right. we're not a big retail bank. So it's not like you're a number in, you know, client list of a million it's very much you know you guys know how to get a hold of me i do return phone calls and i'm not on the phone so that's kind of where we differentiate ourselves and can help kind of shoulder some of that burden that comes to you guys because i get calls all the time saying hey my loan officer at this other place is not answering or not returning my calls you know and it's some of the deals that we end up rescuing but you're seeing it more often than not um out there in the world and it's just because they're super busy probably right or who knows? I guess. You think? I mean, I don't know. It depends on the person that they're dealing with. I I'm, guess, yeah. I'm really not sure. Yeah. Some people just, you know, they we like to say, throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. We don't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we try to, if we're doing a pre-approval and getting, you know, people in contract, it's going to go to the finish line. Mm-hmm. I would hate to waste people's time. Right. But right. yeah. So are you doing Other any more that, refinancing right now? Is that something that you're still doing a lot of? I still get a couple calls a week to refi. It's weird. I'll go like a little while without hearing anything. And then my email just fill up like, hey, Mike, we missed you. You know, (laughs) we're looking to refi. (laughs) So it's it's interesting how it kind of comes in waves. Yeah. And what about, um, has any new products come up for people that are self-employed? Because that's always a a question. I mean, for for you and I, right? I know that we're having jumbo loan issues for a while as well. Any movement on those? Yeah, there's been some movement. You know, you are seeing jumbo loans come back to the market. We are seeing some self-employed, you know, bank statement type programs coming back. Um, But for the most part, it's kind of nothing really changed. What really happened is they just added some layers of protection when all this happened. The guidelines remain the same, but lenders went in and said, you know what, this is where we're seeing the defaults, or this is where we're seeing people not making payments. This is what we're going to add as an extra layer of protection for ourselves, not meaning that it's necessarily guidelines, but it becomes their guideline. But yeah, you're starting to see those walls kind of come down in there as they can get more data and see who's paying, you know, it's going to get better in the market. They're getting creative again. But yeah, I mean, you don't need to be too creative when rates are so low. (laughs) There's so many people in the market right now buying and selling. So yeah, I just, um, 
I, I, I hope it continues throughout the rest of this year and into the new year. Now with the the election, you know, well, it's pretty much behind we us. know what's happening. <laughs> well, it's behind us, sort of. Like uh, there's still, you know, who knows what's going on, but. <laughs> Correct. The uncer- I feel There's like a little most, uncertainty there, and even with like some state elections, the, right? Yeah, I think that most of the uncertainty is. I think so too, but there's still that whole thing about the Senate. Well, we won't get into politics, but there is yes, something please. going on in Georgia about the the Senate. Yeah, they Senate got race. right. They had some runoffs, so we'll we'll know more about that <laughs> coming up. I just don't. Anyway. Who knows? But anyway, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Mike. We appreciate the call yep, in. I'll see we'll, you guys soon. All right, maybe week. next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye right. bye. All right, so let's get back to our topic, older homes. So, Grace, let's talk for a minute about all the awesome things about older homes. Okay, right? because but you want me to just go into this old house that that started this whole process Oh, yeah, let's for talk us? about our 400-year-old house. Okay, so there's this house that um, came up on Realtor.com as being the oldest house listed right now in the country, mm. and it's in New Jersey. So, um, you know, I was like, well, that's in our backyard, really. And I mean, Christine, you work in New Jersey. I You're do. from New Jersey. I am. So am I, actually. Um, it's at 406 Swedesboro Road in Gre- Greenwich Township, New Jersey. That's down by Philadelphia. Yeah. And um, this house was built in, let's see, 18, no, I'm sorry, 1643, was it? Let's see. No, 1638. It was built between 1638 and 1643. Wow. Let's think about that for a minute. Like, what was happening in this country? I mean, this is like right around the, like, this is this not is- long after Columbus <laughs> sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> I think it is a little bit, a little 1592. bit. 1592. I mean, it's like 50 years, right? Really, if you think right. about it. So it's like Mayflower time, and uh, when you know people came to this country from um, England and started colonizing it, and it's it's amazing. And this house was actually uh, built before William Penn came and discovered Pennsylvania, and it's so near this Philadelphia. Pre Pennsylvania house. Yeah, that's how old this house is. Wow. Um, and it says that some of the, the the bricks used in the house were came over on a ship. From they were already from ma- England. Yeah, they were already made on a ship, and they came over from on the ship. So wow. I thought that was amazing. It's all made with um, like single pegs, and, right? Because uh, because it was before nails. Yeah. Well, I think there are some. There were some like cut nails, but mm. um, but mostly pegs in it. But it, it's it's an amazing house and. There's actually a second home on the property where someone lives and they use the first home, this old home, as a museum now. Because, oh. I mean, really, when you look at the pictures, it looks pretty... Um, rustic? It's, it's rustic. I'm going to go with rustic. Yeah. yeah. But cool, like really cool. Cool rustic. Yeah. yeah. So this is sort of what started our um, our um, thoughts on old homes. Correct. And, and, it, and that and knowing that we both own them. And yeah. then had all our experiences with them. Yeah, the, the, the cost of this house is $875,000. Well, you said there are two houses There's on it. There's two houses on it, yep. And um, it's it's cool. So if you want to look it up, just so you can check it out on Realtor.com, you can do that. All, all right. right. So let's talk about all the really great, great reasons why people are interested in older homes, right? Um, so one of the things that... Uh, you know, other than the charm. To me, it's always about the charm. Well, I think that's what it starts out with for right. a lot of people. So charming. It's different. They're, you know, they're the, you feel, it, you feel transported sometimes in some right. of these older homes. Right. Um, and, you know, they have like the wraparound porches sometimes, or like there's that feature that just draws you into the house. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've stayed in um, a, a good friend's home in Martha's Vineyard and mm-hmm. their home is about is over 200 years old. Mm -hmm. And when I've slept in that house, we can hear the water from the ocean from it. um, And it is the most relaxing thing. And it brings you back to thinking about who may have stayed in this home over the past 200 years. You know, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. Yep. And that's one of the things that comes up is that convenient location, right? Our villages are, you know, built around you know, when they were founded. And so mm-hmm. if you want to be in a village, a lot of times, the older homes are what populate that area. So if you want to be in walking distance to town or to a lake or to the ocean, the ocean, right? Um, whatever that attractive feature is in that area, the older homes were built 
around that feature or um, as as say a village as the village was growing. So, um, you know, you have that convenience of where the older homes are built is usually um, sort of what's drawing people to that area, right? In Warwick, people love to live in the village, but in the mm-hmm. village, you have a lot of older homes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's sort of like, a, you know, it, it, you most older homes are not outside, very far outside the town. So you're not going right. to have a lot of space Unless per se it's around. An old farmhouse or something right. like that. So we'll take a break. We'll continue right here when we get back. This is Christine Koenig with Howard Hanna Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey for over 10 years, I focus my business on Orange, Passaic, and Sussex counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. O'Keefe & McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe & McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Tune into the nonprofit Notebook, your resource for and about people helping people. Learn about all the events and services available for you, friends, or family. Open your nonprofit Notebook Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Radio worth listening to. WTBQ Partly sunny and windy today with highs mainly in the mid-40s. Tonight becoming partly cloudy. Our lows should drop off to around 30, even a couple of upper 20s. Tomorrow, look for a mix of sun and clouds. There'll be a shower in the afternoon, maybe a snow shower in the morning. Highs will get into the low 40s. Fair to partly cloudy and colder tomorrow night into the mid-20s. And a fair amount of sunshine but cold on Wednesday. Highs mainly in the upper 30s to around 40. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm WeatherWorks' Tony Salimo. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. We're back with the Real Real Estate Show, and I am Grace Warren from Han- Howard Hanna Rand Realty. Here with Christine Koenig, Howard Hanna Rand Realty out of New Jersey and New York. Yes, and our phone number is 845 651 1110 in case you'd like to give us a call. And we're going to continue about old homes. That's right. The convenient so location. We were just where talking we left about off. right benefits to older, older homes is that convenient location. Um, you know, we had talked about the charm and character. Um, they have hard to duplicate original features, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wide plank flooring. Um, if you think about the hardwood that was available um, versus what's not available now. Some of the nothing's qu- available now. That's correct. Some of the quality <laughs> of the materials the homes were built with, um, you can't duplicate anymore. Um, and you know that's why you get a lot of people who salvage from older homes. Uh, I mean, to you reuse. can't duplicate because you cannot. It, it's so expensive to have a, an artisan do that sort of thing now. I mean, it's not. It, you can't just go to Home Depot and buy that molding. Right. No, I know. Um, you know, and we talked a little bit about um, neighborhoods. Um, being more established, but one of the things that comes with that is like mature landscaping, trees, um, you know, things that really set a home in place rather than having a newer home that has a couple three-year-old trees, right, that someday your kids will have fully established, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to really kind of have that that feeling of a home that is set in its place and the landscaping that's, you know, and trees and things that have really been building up and over the years and those things that make that home feel permanent. Yeah, um, well, the better quality construction, the the construction of the the quality of the construction is is you know, back when these houses were built, if they used two by fours, they were really two by four, which mm-hmm. today they're not. Um, it, a lot of the roofs did not have uh, plywood sheathing on them; they had boards mm-hmm. on them that were um, you know heavy tongue and groove. Yeah, and, and you can't afford to do that these days, mm-hmm. so. The, the lumber is definitely, the, the quality of the lumber is much better, was much better then than it is now. I mean, this is all new growth lumber that we're using to build homes today. Right. And back then they were using old growth, obviously. 
And then um, one of the other things they talk about is more opportunity to build equity. Because a lot of times the older homes, um, their price point is a little, little below what a, a new mm-hmm. home would be. So, um, you know, you, you come in with a vision. If you're a little handy, you do some work yourself. And, you know, 10 years, whenever it is you're ready to, to move to your next place, you've built a little more equity than you might be able to, um, you know, there's the premium for building a brand new home mm-hmm. uh, that you don't necessarily have when you buy a um, an older home. Right. So um, so those were all of our, our good things, right? So what are things to, on the flip side of that coin, right? Because buying an older home, it's the two sides of that coin. There's, mm. no, there's no denying the potential for... Um, for I'm gonna we'll just say problems, right? Because some homes they're just problems. They're, they're right. There are ways to resolve all those yeah, problems. You but, can fix anything with the right amount of money and and know-how and and patience. Um, you can fix anything. One of the first things that we look look at when we're in an older home um, are some of the hazardous materials, right? Things that people use throughout time. Um, you know, we've learned more about. Things lead. like lead paint, right? Things like asbestos. Asbestos is an amazing insulator. It's also amazingly dangerous. So asbestos um, is fine as long as it's contained. Correct. It's when you know, it's, it's when it starts breaking up, which it tends to do, and you touch it, and it gets in the air, and you breathe it in, and then that's when you have a problem. Yeah. So you know, being being aware, testing, right? Um, asbestos is interesting because you know the first time as real estate agents we think about asbestos, it's wrapped around pipes. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and that's the easiest to spot. However, there are spe- there's asbestos in indoor tiles on floors and ceilings. There's asbestos in outdoor yeah, tiles. Yeah, you can usually tell those tiles. There's the smaller ones. They look like linoleum tiles, right. but they're smaller. They're like four or five inches. And when you see, and um, I mean, th- what I've come to learn is, when you see those smaller little linoleum type tiles, more than likely they have asbestos. asbestos in them. Correct. And are like and that's when you come into the how hazardous are those? Do they need to be remediated? Right? Everyone will sort of have their own tolerance on that. I know um we just, just like with radon. Yeah. We just sold my parents home. Home I grew up in had no idea that we had asbestos tiles on the floor in the basement. But the people who bought the home had them tested and then we ended up crediting them a fairly good sum of money. For the to removal. remove them, right? Because to get rid we of wanted them. the sale to go through. Um, and even though there's very little chance that any of that is going to be airborne, and really, you were could they just, all intact? Yep, they were all intact. But you know, you get to a point where, as the seller, you say to yourself, "Do I really want to start this process over right now, or am I ready to just be done?" Right? And then you make concessions you may not have known you needed to make. Right. So we ended up in that situation. Were what size? Just out of curiosity, Those, they were like twelve by twelve. They were twelve. They, by they weren't 12. small. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Which is why we had no, I mean, no yeah, idea. Yeah, you wouldn't think that. Mm-mm. How old was that house? Uh, built in the 40s, 1940s. So not maybe 38. Like not not something that was um, surprisingly old, but certainly still during a time mm-hmm. when they were using. Yeah, until 1970, right? Were they using asbestos? Asbestos, yeah. I think so. So um, anyway, that was, you know, that's one of those things. And the same thing with lead paint. Lead paint um, is used in a lot of trim work, interior and exterior. So if you're looking at, like one of the like the old base like trim base trim and you see stair railings correct and you see sometimes they're like 43 layers of paint different colors stuff like that as soon as you start seeing different colors that's usually an indication that that's lead paint in there yeah so below maybe not the top couple of layers correct. but below and again where what's your tolerance is it cracked and peeling if it is mm, you probably want to have that taken care of if it's not and you don't have young kids you know, maybe, maybe you have a, you know, that maybe that's something that isn't going to bother you because you're not going to be exposed to it in the same way. So Yeah, I mean, you have to ingest this, the correct, red paint lead, to get lead, lead sick. Paint. So most people are not chewing on their windowsills or... Right. But children do. But children do. And so it's, um, you know, and, and if it's been covered over, that's less concerning than if it's, um, you know, cracking and becoming airborne in any mm-hmm. way. So... Um, you know, there are things to really and consider with that. And it's not just really, really old homes either, because before 1978, Correct. most paint had lead in it. Yeah. So if you're built, buying any house before 1978, there's a, um, a good chance that the house has some lead paint in it. That's correct. And um, interior and exteriorly, um, to have it remediated, it's not a small event, right? There, it's, it's not like 
uh, you're going to scrape it and right, you have to have people who are certified in lead mm-hmm. paint removal right. and they're wearing, you know, breathing apparatus and they are collecting the paint chips as they're coming off the house. And it's a bigger process than and, it used to be. And that's that's why a lot of the, the moldings you see in these old homes have been removed over the years, too, because in order to get that off, it, it's just easier and less expensive to replace the molding. Correct. So. Um so one of the other things that comes up, we were talking about all that fabulous hardwood um, that's hundreds of years old. And at some point in time, uh, there's there's the opportunity for uh, wood-destroying insects to have, um, you know, taken hold of the house. Did that happen in, in the home that you lived in? No. I had that. I, I had uh, powder post beetles. Ah. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, termites, but... That- Right, but there are all sorts of wood destroying uh, mm-hmm. insects, and you know today we have um, pesticides and companies that know how to treat. And um, but for you know generations, uh, it was a little different. We didn't have all the chemicals and stuff we have now. So it's important that when you're buying an older home, you have someone who is really going to get in there and look at the support beams and the joists and mm-hmm. make sure that even if there's not an active infestation that there wasn't damage done previously that maybe has never been repaired or addressed. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, with termite damage, you know, you'll see a uh, home inspector take his like screwdriver and put it through a uh, piece of wood that is like a support beam of your house. I mean, that's that is wh- how you'll see if there's termite damage and you can kind of tell it sort of falls like right apart. Right, it's spongy. Yeah, it's very spongy. And uh, with the powder post beetles, there are little tiny pinholes mm-hmm. in the supports, um, you know, very, very tiny little holes. And even like I see in like people are selling salvaged wood and it's kind of cool to have those little pinholes, but that's what that was. Those right. pinholes are from powder post beetles. Um, and that can just completely destroy your you know, your wood. Correct. And so sometimes, you know, the fix is not always impossible. Um, and it depends, is your basement finished or not, right? If it's not finished, they sister up the beams, then um, everything is accessible. Uh, you know, it's not, doesn't feel like the end of the world. If you're in a finished space and they find it, now you're ripping down walls and um, it starts to feel like uh, a way different kind of an event. So um, something to be um, aware of and making sure that you, you know, have someone. And by the way, there are, um, you know, a lot of the home inspectors are um, licensed wood destroying insect. Um, you know, they have their certification to to look and, and do that test. Um, however, if they find that there is uh, that there has been some sort of um, infestation, you know, they're not they're not going to be able to tell you what it's going to cost to fix or whatever. So, note to self, and this is for all inspections: when your home inspector finds something in the house that's structural. Um, you're going to want to get, before you move forward, just because you know it's there, get the second inspection, get a cost estimate, make sure that you are aware of how um, how the repair would need to be made, what kind of costs you're really looking at. Some of them are simple, some so, of them are not. That's correct. And, um, you know, your home inspector is not in a position to quote prices. That's not what he does, right? Or she does. The, the home inspector is there to identify. If he does, identify. that's not the home inspector you ought to be using. Right. The home inspector is really there to identify the issues, you know, raise your awareness, let you know, is you know, should this be a big concern for you or is this, you know, kind of standard um, and what the fixes could be. And other than that, you know, you need to bring in that second round of professional to really get an understanding of how severe a problem is. Mm-hmm. And what the you know what it might cost to fix. So the the next thing on this list is um, mold and mildew damage. Yes. And you know if you walk into a house, an older house, a lot of times they have a, a, an odor, a mm-hmm. smell that you you know can't just place your finger on. But a lot of times it's it's mildew. It's it's mold. Yeah. And, you know, over years, things could be wet. You know, you have a little leak from a, a pipe that is, you know, right. a small old, leak. Old you don't even pipe. know. You don't know that's there. And, and it, that kind of thing will could happen. And that's that could cause problems, you know, for breathing, um, you know. Right. Yeah, respiratory big time. You know, especially today, everyone's worried about that with what's happening in our world right now. And there's a lot of, uh, in this particular area of the country, we have a lot of um, 
outs, outdoor allergens that really make people have problems with their lungs. So now this is another thing that if you're moving into one of these houses and you already have a problem with your lungs, it could become a, a problem, you know, an issue. Correct. I mean, and, you know, it's one of those conversations that um, it's normal for a home to have, especially in the basement, moisture, a little mm-hmm. mildew, right? Um, it's important to understand what it is you're exposing yourself to, what it is that you personally have tolerance to, right? Some people have no tolerance for it at all. And some people doesn't, you know, matters none to them. That's correct. Um, You know, I always talk about dehumidifying basements. Even if you have a dry basement, have a dehumidifier going. It, You know, by nature, it's if a a basement is subterranean, it is going to be, even if it's just humid because Mm -hmm. of the moisture, you know, from the earth coming through, any moisture can cause mildew and mold. So dehumidify, dehumidify, dehumidify. Mm-hmm. Whether you have a finished space or not, it doesn't matter. Um, part of what this, um, the, these notes that we have here, according to HGTV, whole home mold remediation can cost as much as $5,000 and, and or more, depending upon where the mold is. Yes, I find sometimes the numbers they price here are silly because I have seen a small part of an attic with mildew cost six, 7,000. And, and that has nothing to do with anything that, that I think was they, hidden. Yeah, I think they take averages of the country and maybe right. in Georgia, it costs this much money or whatever. In New York, everything costs more money. You can yeah. usually double it in New York. That's correct. New Jersey. Yeah. Right. So re- mold remediation is not a, uh, it's not an inexpensive event. No. No, and you can't just put bleach on it because that doesn't really make it go away. Yeah. So we're going to take another break and we'll be right back and continue our conversation. This is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Howard Hanna Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand throughout the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marshatalbot.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying and selling process. Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first-time home buyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. Call Mike Van Mansard now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Howard Hanna Rand Realty for more than 20 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs. And then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well. And whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com. And let's get together. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, hosting today with... Grace Warren from Hannah Howard Hannah Rand Realty. There we go. See, look, you almost got it. This is the third, third time's a charm today, Grace. You should have seen me trying to answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> the office is like, la, la, la. <laughs> it's terrible. And plus, we got a new phone system in the office too. Oh, as you know, since I can't even figure out how to how to log in to fill out my my. Uh, my, my COVID form, I just don't go there yes, right now. Yes, every time we walk into the office, we do have to fill out a COVID form. Right. So that's just another part of what we have to do now in this changing world. That's correct. Although when I'm working from my dining room, there are no forms to fill out. So that's where I've been working from. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, we've been talking today about older homes. And there's just so much to talk about that I, Grace and I were chatting. And we are probably going to have to spread this out over two shows. But um, one of the things we really wanted to talk about, which I think is super interesting um, and something that comes up, when you buy an older home, is it historic? Do you have limitations, right? These are important considerations, uh, more so sometimes than, um, you know, identifying if there's mold in the house or asbestos or lead paint or whatever. So 
um, I thought we'd take a few minutes and talk about. Yeah, it really limits what you what you can do. It can. It depends. So there are some homes that are on the historic registry and just have a historic plaque. This this house happened to be this. And you have no restrictions whatsoever, right? Just because there's a plaque doesn't mean you have restrictions. Um, however, some towns designate areas to be historic districts. Yeah. And then if you're in a historic district with a, um, like a architectural review board um, mm-hmm. or oversight, that's when it becomes, um, it's different. So I used to live in Glen Ridge, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and that's where I had my older home. And they had um, a very strong um, architectural review board. Um, people called it the Hysterical Society. Um, I've heard that. Yes, because they... Not just from Park Ridge. Yes. So, <laughs> so you know, there, if you wanted to paint your house, you had to have your paint colors approved. If you wanted to change a banister or railing, it had to be historically... Um, consistent with the period the home was built. You had to have shingles, roof color. Yep. Color for shingles or materials sometimes, right? You couldn't switch to vinyl siding. If it was wood, it had to stay wood. Um, A lot, you know, there were a lot. um, And I will say it was overwhelming um, at times and made me not want to update my house because I knew the process was just so, it felt oppressive, Mm -hmm. right? Um, up here, I've had um, clients buying older homes. Um, clearly, uh, Warwick you know, has Warwick uh, has I mean, an uh, architectural review board. Um, but I have not heard stories of um, it being super limited. I, 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 I have. You have. I have. It's <laughs> interesting. Now, is it any, like, so is it a home of a certain age that falls into that? It, no, it depends on where it is in the village. Like, the, oh, okay. There's a, a certain um, perimeter in the t- village that has that's part of the architectural review board. If you're not in that peri- that area, like a part of Oakland Avenue, Main Street, um, the um, I think part of Maple Avenue, mm-hmm. the beginning part, uh, some, it might be part. Of, I'm not sure about Colonial Avenue, but right within that like limit, and, and you'd have to look on the map. But yeah. they have specific. Things like I can remember somebody specifically wanting to change the color of the roof. They were putting a new roof on and they wanted to do like a um, a lighter colored gray roof. Right. And they said, no, it had to be black. Interesting. Yeah. And she, you know, her thought was like, well, white, you know, this gray color would be cooler. There's no air conditioning in this building. That right. was why she wanted to do that. She wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah. So, uh, and that was on Oakland Avenue. Right. And a lot of times um, these reviews have to do with the exterior of the home, not the interior right, of the correct, home. Right, You can correct. do whatever you want on the inside in, of your house. Um, in the village of Goshen, there is a church park historical area mm-hmm. yep. that has a review board as well. So whenever you want to do something, you need to go and, um, you know, in front of them to do that. It's almost like a homeowners association in a condo complex where you're not allowed to just pick any old color you want right. or put change your windows or whatever. It's the same idea, except that they're keeping it more of a in a historical nature. You know that right. they want to keep it the way it is, like you said in Park Ridge. And yeah. I, you know, I those are the two that I'm familiar with in Orange County. I, I'm certain there's more. I mean, I oh, know sure. even in in the village of Florida when um, I have. I know specifically about when the rookies building that that pizza place burned down and then they were erecting the new building. There was a lot that they had to, to go through to come up with the plan to build it specifically because it was next door to the, um, the Seward, the Seward homestead. Yeah. And and so they had to keep it. They had to do certain things when they did that building. So super, I mean, that's really interesting. Um, another thing. It costs it, more money, obviously, it, when you have does. to do that. So that's a consideration when you're going to buy a home. Mm-hmm. And then um, on the flip side, there are some people who want their homes um, designated as mm-hmm. uh, on the National Historic Registry, or we have state historic registries, right? Or even just the town. Um, so there are, and again, by putting a house on a registry, you're not limiting future owners from doing anything so much as you are. Um, capturing the history of the house you're in. Maybe someone famous lived there or um, there was some some event happened or right there. Like all- Barrett's Tavern, Martha right. Washington slept there. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> she slept around a lot. <laughs> she slept in a lot of different places. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it's 
the history is, um, you know, I think gives a lot of character to a town, mm-hmm. right? And so you want to preserve that. Um, at the same time, you want to give homeowners the opportunity to um, modernize to a point, and and there's that balance. And that's what those review boards are really there to help out. It's mm-hmm. they're they're really not there to to stop you from modernizing your home. They're there to make sure that as you're doing it, you're keeping um, with the spirit of the history of the town. Right. And, and I, I know mean, it doesn't always feel that way for a homeowner, but well, I mean, that's the intention. When you drive through the, the village of Warwick, it's a lovely, it's lovely. And that's yeah. part of the reason why it's stayed like it has. And, and you know, that that's not a bad thing. No, absolutely. It's, um, you know, when, uh, when some people are looking to sell their homes and they have historic homes, I send them down to the historic society to see if there's history on the house, right? Mm-hmm. Because as people are buying it, when you walk in and you get see a little piece of paper that has the history of the house and who owned it, and you know, um, it's kind of cool. It's cool to know what 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 was you know what was there before, who owned before, especially um, around here. You know, you we have our our big Warwick names of of founders, right? And then to know that one of the founders may have lived there or whatever it it just adds it adds something to the story of your house it's character yeah which is why people like to buy the older mm-hmm. homes mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this because uh, i know the answer for me i have owned older homes and i have owned more modern homes um and you know the question has been posed would i would would i buy an older home again how about you grace would you um you know i lived in an older home and it was a f- it was a constant, 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 uh, you know, um, project upkeep yeah. or project because the house that we had lived in had not really been taken care of for a very long time before yeah. we we moved in. It was a rental, and uh, it it was it was a lot of work. I mean, I, I I know I've told the story when I came home one day from work, and this is before I sold re- real estate, and I sat down, and my my husband was like, you you maybe don't want to go up in the bedroom. And I'm like, why? And I went up there and there was like water pouring in to the bedroom in my closet. <laughs> oh, awesome. So well, it's an interior was, water feature. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like we had only lived in the house for a year and I, I just was like, my mind was blown. I'm like, now we have to put a roof on this place. Okay. So that was what we had to do. But it, you know, it's, it's a constant thing. We had to redo bathrooms and you know, the, some of the, the, um, the ceilings are low and, and my husband was six foot tall and he would hit his head and like in the one corner of the house, like where the bath, or the shower was. I don't know. I, the house I built was modeled after an 1860 farmhouse. Right. And I even went so much as to keep rooms closed and not do an open floor plan because I wanted it to feel like it was an old house. So I don't know. I don't know if I would actually do it again. Maybe it depends on how much work it was. And if I was retired, <laughs> my husband was retired and we had time to right. do it because it's constant yeah it's, I, it's I feel like for me the answer is completely about where in the country i'm living i get yeah right if i'm like a little more south of here and we and it's not such a harsh harsh winter i think i probably would do an older home again um it's a good up, point because up here, you don't the, the winters in my house were brutal there's just it wasn't insulated i mean like there was some crunched up old newspaper. Oh, that we was found the insulation, that too. Right. In fact, one of the things uh, that we did find is when we ripped out um, one of the walls, the whole entire wall was full of nuts, not shells from the squirrels. From squirrels. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, you had nu- you had some nutty insulation. Uh, some huh? nutty insulation. Yes, <laughs> and it was insane. I mean, that's the sort of thing that correct you, in older homes. You never know what you are going to find or no. what you're not going to find. Now we found old dishes in there. We found um, newspapers, um, magazines that mm-hmm. were shoved in there for insulation. Uh, yeah. We found a, 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 and I still have it, a um, a thermometer like this old 1940s thermometer huh. right built right into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, those are the joys of the older home, right? Yeah, um, but if you want to, if you do want to buy an older home and you can give either Christine or I a call because we um, we love, I love going into them. I love showing them. And I think I know what I'm doing when I help you get through it. And I know Christine correct. does too. So. so, all right. Well, I think that we've come to the end of another fabulous. Yeah, next week, we'll con- you'll continue on some of these things when Dave is here, right? Because he's yeah. going to be able to talk, elaborate on talk some us of these. Some of these things. All so, right. thanks everybody for listening, and we'll be here next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.
Have a seat.